Well, if you got your uh, Bibles, go ahead and turn to uh, Psalms chapter 1. And if you're not familiar with looking up Scripture, I don't have a Bible. Most of the passages will be on the screen behind us. Uh, if you're not familiar with finding Psalms, uh, I remember what I was first told, probably the first Bible I ever had is, Turn to the middle. It's right in the middle. It's the book right in the, uh, the middle. It's the longest book of the Bible. It uh, contains the longest chapter of the Bible, Psalm 119. Uh, is the longest uh, chapter. And uh, we're going to be using the book of Psalms over the next few weeks to really do this new series called Soundtrack. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know about you, but, but we all have these songs in our life. And, and the book of Psalms is a book of songs. It literally is a collection of, of lyrics and of songs uh, that they sang during the biblical times, during, in the ancient Near East. It was during the old times. These are songs. As we read through them, we don't often stand and sing them. Sometimes as you read through them, you're like, hey, I recognize that. We, that's in a chorus we sing. And it's often, it's very e- easy often to find psalms that have been turned back into songs. And we don't know how they were sung. We don't know what tune they were given. We don't know whether this was like a folk song, a rock song, a country song, or, you know, melancholy ballad. We don't know what they are. We kind of get some ideas looking at the words, but, uh, you know, we don't know if a harp was on the lead or a a lyre or somebody was just hitting two rocks together. We just don't know, but we do know that these songs and these lyrics have amazing words and amazing messages. And as we start to read through them today, we're going to see that these unique sayings, sometimes they seem poetic, sometimes they seem like they literally jump off the page, and it's because they're talking about things that weren't just happening two, three, four thousand years ago. They were actually talking about the same things that we deal with today. And so it's a book filled with love songs. It's a book filled with the trials of life. It's a songs about the beauty of life, songs about who God is, songs about how to worship God, songs about questions that we have for God. It has ballads, choruses, songs that are literal, songs that are filled with beautiful, symbolic images from their day that, that capture the hearts and minds of the listener. It's literally the soundtrack of life. And I don't know about you, but I was kind of thinking when I was getting ready for this series, like, I've kind of got a soundtrack for my life. Like, there's music kind of always going in my head. And uh, maybe I'm not the, I hope I'm not the only weird one in here this morning that, that does that sometimes. But I was trying to think, you know, what are some songs over the years that have kind of impacted me? And I, as I was thinking about it, there's a song that I used to always listen to. I really want to get pumped up. Like when I really wanted to get going, right? I mean, I the tiger. I grew up rocky, right? I mean, like I wanted to exercise. I wanted to get going. This guy's head pops out from nowhere. And then, you know, it's just like you, you can't help but get going when you hear this music. And then I thought about other times in my life. One time I was in eighth grade. And this girl, her name was Wendy. We're live streaming this morning. I'm praying to God she's not watching this on Facebook Live. Uh, because we are friends on Facebook, but uh, but we uh, we we broke up. She broke up with me. I was heartbroken, and uh, I just kept listening to these songs. And I was like, "All right, I'm you know what? I'm going to call her and tell her how I feel." And so instead of like calling her and talking to her, I would call her, get ready to hit play on my tape recorder, and when she would answer, I would hit play to this song. <laughs> but I had no clue this who sang that song. Mm. 
you see into the darkness of my soul this morning. I literally would do that over and over again. And, uh, and then, thankfully, I got over Wendy. And uh, in a few years, Katie and I started dating. And after we had been dating a while, you know, couples are supposed to have a song, right? And we didn't have a song. And so, like, she's like, what, what song? You know, what are we? And this was, uh, like, 1989, 90. And uh, these two guys formed this, I don't know if you can even call it a rock band anymore, but we had this song called Love and Affection that was our song. And this is it. I was more jealous of their hair. It's driving Katie with my arm around her in the car. I mean, what beautiful days, right? I mean, I don't know about you, but we all have these soundtracks of our life. And, like, you're like, who is this guy? <laughs> like, we're never coming back to church here. No, I mean, we all have these moments. We all have these songs that mean things to us. And as we go through the Psalms, these are those kind of songs. They bring meaning. They bring life to who we are. And as we look back on these songs... We see themes that are just as true and relevant today as they were at the time that they were written. Good music, good songs, they seem timeless. Not because of the the rhythm or the melodies, but because of their meaning. And songs that connect to and reflect to our souls are not just uh, something that we remember. They impact our life for years. And so what I want us to do today as we jump into these psalms, is to begin to to look at these stories and these songs that begin to play these melodies in our head. These songs that bring up questions, songs that bring up, you know, desires, songs that draw us out of depression or songs that make us love deeper than we've ever loved before. It's kind of like we just have all this music and we need to tune in and listen to the right words and the right Songs And so as we study these, we're going to basically be revealing some competing melodies that are in our life. That as we listen to these songs, it's, it's going to literally show up as like, are you listening to this? Are you listening to that? I always think about it. I don't know if anybody remembers having old 45s, uh, but there was always the, the popular song. And then there was a song on the flip side, right? <laughs> the one that, like, nobody bought the record for, but, like, oh, okay, I'll listen to this. And it usually wasn't as good. Or what, and that's kind of the way we do sometimes. Like, we have this hit song that we, God says, hey, let this one. But sometimes we turn it over and we listen to the flip side and we start listening to voices or listening to themes in our life that God doesn't want us to. And so we're going to begin today this kind of musical journey over the next six weeks with looking at Psalm 1. Now, why did I pick Psalm 1? Because it's literally the title track of the Psalms. I mean, it is it. It's Psalm 1 for a reason. They put it at the first one because it kind of sets the tone for the book. It says, look, in these songs that were going to be out there, there are going to be some that really question and make us think in different ways. There's going to be ones that, that drive us. But it's, we're going to see two competing things that are always in our life. And one we have to feed, one we have to, to push down, and one we have to elevate, and the other we have to diminish. And so Psalms 1 is literally the title track for this. And so let's read this, uh, and it'll be on the screen. Psalm 1, it's often titled, The Way of Righteousness Versus the Way of the Wicked. 
And it says this, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his laws he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season, and its leaf does not wither, and all that he does he prospers. The wicked are not so, but they chafe, they are like the chafe, that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in judgment, in the judgment, the sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. I, I, as I was reading this, I was kind of, you know, what would the name of this song be? Uh, if we were naming it, maybe it would, if it was a quiet, heart-driven instrumental, it would be called Trees by the Stream. You know, he talks about these trees by the stream. Or maybe if it was more of a heavy rock ballad, it'd be called The Wicked Parish. You know, or, you know, if it's a country song, it'd probably be called The Chafe in the Wind. You know, these ideas that we can just see these themes that are beginning to play out there. And I don't know what the actual title is, but it isn't difficult to see the two competing melodies that are brought up here in this psalm in our lives as well. It's the idea of the righteous versus the wicked. And you say, all right, you know, I'll definitely choose the righteous. Like, please don't categorize me as wicked. Like, I don't think any of us probably in here this morning be like, I'm doing all that I can to embrace the wickedness that I, in my life. Like, we, we fight against that. But I want you to hear and challenge your thought a little bit this morning. When we hear a word like wicked, we think, okay, that's not me. Like, that is not me. I'm trying not to be that. Maybe I'm not righteous, but I'm trying to not be wicked. And that's a good thing. But I want you to understand Most of us have wickedness. All of us have wickedness in our life. None of us are exempt from it. Because what wickedness is, is not the worst. It's just less than what God intended. It's not the very, very worst of culture. It's anything that doesn't live up to God's standard of righteousness. It's like a coin. It's like a flip side. It's either righteousness or wickedness. And that's what he's trying to psalm in the very title track here is trying to say, look, our lives, we're either playing one side or the other. You can't play both at the same time. You can't have two songs going at once. You're either playing a song moving you toward righteousness or you're playing a song that's moving you away from righteousness toward wickedness. And none of us put that, again, as our shirt, like wicked. Unless you live in Boston, maybe then you would put that. But, you know, we... We don't embrace that as a title, but the truth is if we're not moving toward righteousness, we're moving toward wickedness, and that's what he lays out here as he begins to to talk about this. Every day, every moment, these competing melodies of this song are playing out in our lives and how I treat people and how we view ourselves and how we face difficulties and how we face joy and triumphs. One side of the record is always being chosen to be played. And he lays that out from the very beginning. And in chapter 1, verse 1, he does this in a very unique way. He said, blessed is the man who does not do these things. He doesn't say, blessed is the man who does these things. He actually uses a negative opportunity to say, blessed is the man who does not do these things. Why, Why is that important? Why does he just give us a list of rules? Because righteousness is not just about living up to a standard. It's about getting certain desires and certain things out of our life. Most of us, if I said, hey, for the next 24 hours, you cannot lie. Like if we tried really, really hard 
Maybe just somebody would just not be able to talk for the next 24 hours. But if we tried hard, we could live up to that standard. But does that make us blessed? Does that make us what, what he's saying, that blessed is the man who does not do the... No, just being able to not do the bad things or, and to do great, certain good things is not what it is. He said certain things have to be eliminated from your life. So he used this opposite imagery of this. And it reminded me of a, a deep, deep song that I used to listen to in the mid-90s as well. And I'm not going to play this one for you because the, uh, the video is not church appropriate. But it's by a group called TLC. It's called No Scrubs. And uh, it says this. Look, if you don't have a car and you're walking, oh, you son, I'm talking to you. And I'm not doing the song justice. If you live in a home with your mama... And yes, you, I'm talking to you, baby. And if you have a shorty and you don't show love, yes, son, I'm talking to you. And you want to get with me and you have no money, oh, no, I don't want no, no scrub. All right? What they're doing here is they're telling, look, you got to get rid of these things. These things that they're using a negative. And that's what, you know, we're seeing these things continue to play out through history. People are like, no, don't be this be this instead. And I want you to see this in this humorous manner to go, God is using this song. And these are true songs that are coming out saying, look, you'll be blessed if you don't do these things. If you begin to embrace the melodies of righteousness and push back on the melodies of the wicked. And so what are the melodies of the wicked? I want you to see, he lays them out right here. He says, the first melody is when we choose to walk in the counsel of the wicked. What does that mean? The word walk here literally implies the idea that we are enticed. We are lured to follow something other than the truth. We're, 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 something is dangled in front of us, and we move from righteousness toward wickedness. We begin to walk toward wicked and walk with the wicked. We hear something that we think is nice, new, that will meet our needs, and we are lured away from the truth. This is called the counsel of the wicked. And the lyricist here in the Psalms is saying, look, Throughout your life, you're going to have people trying to sing you new songs, trying to make you hear what they think is a new message to draw you from the truth to a new kind of truth and give you their brand of truth. But the truth is really this, that while these lyrics may feel new, the sound may seem fresh, the melody is the same that has been played since the first sin was perpetrated in this world. That when we move from righteousness, the only other option is wickedness. There's no in-between. And so when we begin to walk and we begin to think, it's like, you know, why am I doing this? We start moving away from righteousness to wickedness and begin to walk in the council. But it's not just walking. It says then, in verse 1, it says then that we begin to stand in the way of sinners. We start to stand with sinners. The idea of standing here means that we're close enough to hear and to contemplate. We, I actually start kind of doing our lives with them. You're not just enticed and lured to listen to the melodies of wickedness at this point, but you're letting the thoughts sink in. It's not that you just bought the album, but now you're starting to memorize the lyrics. You're going to concerts. You're buying older albums that, that, that they've put out is the way that this played. I mean, I have, a, have, out, have every Audio Adrenaline album that was ever put out because I like one Audio Adrenaline song. 
And some of you never heard of the group Audio Adrenaline. That's okay. Don't go buy their music. They're not that good. But, like, I remember I had this one song. I really liked that. And, like, I was at the CD store when we used to have CD stores. And, like, I literally bought every one I could get my hand on because I thought, if this is the song, then every song must be like this. And it's just not true. And we think that way, too. Like, that sounds good. So if that little morsel of perverted truth sounds good and I come around, then everything else this person must say sounds good. And we start to stand with the sinners. And then the third thing we do is we sit with the scoffers. This is how we embrace the melodies of the wicked. We sit with the scoffers. The idea of sitting with the scoffers here means that you begin to join in with them. You've gone from listening to their music and memorizing their lyrics to trying to play it yourself. You've become a cover band. You begin repeating it. You're the one prom- promoting it as well. You are sitting with them. You are at the table. You're embracing this thought. We turn our back on the things that we know to be true and we become consumed with this one thought and this one message. And so what is a scoffer here? That's a, that's a word we don't often use that much. And it literally means somebody who is always contrary. If you agree with them, they change their mind. They just choose to be contrary. They always think there's something new, some new way of thinking. And they said the truth that God has revealed is not enough. There has to be something else. There's a new way. My ways are higher than God's ways versus God's ways higher than my ways. It's somebody that always wants to argue with the truth. And when we sit with the scoffers and start to duplicate their melodies, all we're doing is playing the same song over and over and over again. Do you have anybody that, like that way in your life? As soon as you get in a conversation, you're like, how do I get out of this conversation? Like, you know, they're just a scoffer. Like, they always want to be argumentative. They want to debate. And it's just the same song. No matter what the topic is, you know how the conversation is going to go. Just over and over again. And, like, music is that way. There are some songs I remember I used to love to listen to. And, man, I would, you know, I'd hit the repeat button. You know, just boom, 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 like 10 times I'm sitting in traffic. And I can remember there are some songs where I'm like listening to this and I'm like, never again. Like I've listened to this 30 times. I never want to hear this song again. Enough. And that's the way it is with scoffers sometimes. They're just always so contrary and so difficult and so anti-truth that when we sit with them, that's what we begin to become like as well. And that is the melody of the wicked. But then he says, that's not who you're supposed to be. If you're blessed, to be blessed, to be happy, to to embrace God's perspective on life, he says to embrace the melody of the righteous. And this is verse 2. He says, but don't do those things. Don't stand with sinners. Don't sit with scoffers. Don't walk in the ways of the wicked. Instead, let his delight be in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and and night. This is the other side. This is the melody of righteousness. A blessed man or woman listens to this melody that is worth walking with, a truth that is beyond ourselves. Now, when we think of the law of the Lord, I, I know the first thing that comes to my mind and maybe to your mind is like, okay, the law, like that's a lot of rules to follow. That's just a list of things. If I can get that list down, that's not what he's talking about here. The law of the Lord is the revealed truth of God, who God is how he's interacted with mankind, how he loves you, how he has a plan for you, how he desires salvation for you, how he desires the best for you in whatever circumstance you're facing. That he offers you pleasure, peace, meaning, and hope beyond anything that this world 
can offer. That's what he's calling us. That's the law of this world that he's calling us to meditate on. Not a list of rules, not the Ten Commandments. I don't have to go to bed at night reciting the Ten Commandments, but I go to bed at night, day and night, thinking about the goodness of God, thinking about the peace I have with my Creator. Think about the meaning that my life has because I'm connected to the one who created me. This is deep, unchanging, strong truths that drive this world. And this is what it means to, to do that, to think about these. We're called to meditate day and night. Again, not on rules, but on these amazing thoughts of who God is. This is not a melody that will bring destruction like scoffers desire, but it is a melody that will build us up and build others up as well. And it's like literally finding this playlist in our life that we like to put on repeat that encourages us. Meditating, remember how much we are loved. Meditating, remember how much we are forgiven. Meditating and realizing that God wants the best for us. Even when we don't feel that way. Even when we struggle to put our arms around what is going on in our life in this moment. To know that even though when we hit rock bottom, that bottom is solid because we are there with God, the one who loves us and created us. And so that's the melody. And he tells you not just listen to that melody, but if you do listen to that melody, there's going to be some great fruit in your life. And so here's what he says the fruit of the righteous are. Verse 3, he says, It's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season, and its leaf does not wither, and in all that he does, he prospers. So he lays out here this beautiful picture of what the results of listening to the melody of righteousness is. And he says, one, you'll be like a tree planted by a stream. So a tree planted by a stream, if you've never seen this, people in this day would have understood this dramatically. A tree by a stream is usually one of the largest trees that there is because of its proximity to what gives it its nourishment. That stream, living water, it grows. It grows greater than a tree, you know, a mile away from a stream. It grows because of its proximity. And people who meditate on the law of the Lord, when we know these things, we understand that we'll begin to grow bigger. We'll begin to experience life more abundantly. We'll begin to see things that we've never seen before. We'll begin to understand things in a way we've never never understood before because we are growing closer to the stream of life. As you let that melody of righteousness play out in your life, you will be like a tree planted by a stream. But it says not just like a tree planted by a stream, but it's like one who yields fruit. Yields fruit in season. This is the imagery, not only of a large tree, but a tree that is also bountiful. It produces fruit. It gives nourishment to others and reproduces itself. Do you realize the tree doesn't produce and doesn't, or doesn't consume the fruit that it produces? Orange tree does not eat its own oranges. An apple tree does not consume apples. What does it do? It produces them for the good of those around them and to reproduce. You know, an apple contains apple seeds. You plant that apple, it'll grow another tree. And that's what he's saying when when you begin to do this, as you let the melodies of righteousness play out in your life, not only will you grow in understanding and broader than you've ever understood before, but you're going to start to produce fruit that helps other people and multiplies your own understanding. 
There'll be other trees like you that planted my streams as we let these melodies play out. But then it says also that its leaf does not wither. And I love this picture because this imagery is very, has a very deep meaning here. Because what he's saying is this. It's not only that you know, this melody causes you to grow and be bountiful, but it brings life to every part of who you are. Leaves, for the most part, don't have a, a function on a tree of reproduce, re- reproducing or, you know, we don't eat leaves. It doesn't, it's not for consumption. It's just part of the tree. They provide some protection and things like that. But here's what he's saying. Look, when you are close to the stream, when you are living, letting that melody of righteousness play out in your life, even the parts of your life that seem frivolous, even the, the very tips of your life will be flowing with life completely. Nothing is out of the reach of the goodness of God when we let the melodies of righteousness play in our life. Even the leaves of your tree won't fall off. They won't be down on the ground, crisp, like we're getting ready to see in the fall. They will literally stay green. It's an evergreen tree. And you and I, when we let the melodies of righteousness play in our life, when we choose to play that side of the record, our lives will be an evergreen picture of God's love to this world. And then it says all that he does will prosper. And this is a great picture of what it means to live above circumstances. It's not, it doesn't say here that everything he does will be easy. Everything that he or she does will, will not require hard work, will not require sacrifice. But it says that if you allow these melodies to play out in your life, then as you do these things, as you trust God, even in difficulties, you can prosper. You can prosper in sickness. You can prosper in wealth. You can prosper in trials. You can prosper no matter what the condition or the circumstance is. And so this is a a great picture of two sides of the record. Would you rather sit with scoffers or be planted by the stream? It's this beautiful imagery that this song lays out for us. Play this side, sit with scoffers, tear things down, be contrary, move away from the truth, play this side, be close to the proximity of true, what, true knowledge, true truth, the love of God that will abound in your life. And the last thing we'll close with is verses 4, 5, and 6, when he says, let's talk about now what happens if you do play the melody of wickedness in your life. When it becomes the dominant theme, there are things that happen as well. It says this, the, the wicked are not so. They're not like this tree. They're more like the chafe that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment and the sinners in the congregation of the righteousness. For the Lord knows that the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. I want you to see one imagery here before we close. This idea of a chafe. A chafe is a, it's a discarded husk of corn or wheat that has nothing left in it. One of our teams yesterday was using corn to, to throw and after about an hour of games, there was just like the chafe of the corn, like all left. It, it had discarded itself from the actual corn itself. And when the wind started blowing, it blew everywhere. And that's the image here. It has no life. It's discarded, empty, uprooted. When we sit with scoffers, our life eventually become empty, devoid of life, unrooted, easily manipulated by the whims and desires of others. We lose our pleasure, peace, meaning and hope. 
He's, he's playing a song that as soon as I read this again this week, I'm like, I've heard this song, literally. And I got one more song for you, and it, it is this. And it's by a group called Kansas, and it's called Dust in the Wind. Listen to this for just a second. Oh, Psalms 1. He, I'm sorry, you, you can go home. It's just a preview service. So, uh, this is Psalms 1. Right? The guy, if you go back and think about those lyrics, he's like, there's nothing new. All is meaningless. Our life is like dusk in the wind. We're like chafe being blown around. This is music. And it's coming alive. And we see it every day. The music of our day is retelling the same story. And it ends with saying, as we do this, the way of the wicked will perish. And so I want to basically tell you, they're very simple terms. If you play the melodies of righteousness in your life, you will prosper. And it doesn't mean money. It doesn't mean wealth or influence. It just means your life will flow. It will grow. Things will prosper in your life. If you play the melodies of the wicked, you'll perish. You'll be like dust in the wind, blowing wherever the circumstances take you, unrooted completely at the control of whatever whim someone wants to push you around. That's our choices. And I love that Psalm 1 lays this out. You can only play one side of this record. Which do you choose to play? My question for you today is this. Will you sing the song that will lead you to perishing or to prospering? Will you allow the melody of righteousness to overwhelm your life today and begin to move, your, move you toward prospering in life? Or will we let go of righteousness and flip the record over and let the melodies of wickedness lead you toward perishing? Every day we make these decisions. Every moment we make these decisions of which side to play. Will we be like a tree planted by the stream or will we be like dust in the wind? Will you sit with scoffers or will you meditate on the truth of the Lord? Will you yield the fruit fruit in life and on every branch and every leaf or will you end up lifeless and uprooted? Will you prosper or will you perish? The way we allow the melodies of righteousness to play in our life is through reconciling our lives with our creator. And the amazing thing is this, that's not something you and I have to come up with a solution for. God has already provided the solution through the sacrificial life of Jesus Christ. And as we embrace him and learn more about him and eventually surrender our lives to him, the melodies of righteousness cannot help but to flow in our life. Will you join me as we pray?